0: Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and lover of civil rights. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, or inspirational from the past. So, let's delve into today's history. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365 there's a few things that we all associate with martin luther king jr the iconic i have a dream speech the montgomery bus boycott and his dicey relationship with the fbi today i'm going to talk about one of his highest honors the awarding of the Nobel Peace Prize, which happened today in 1964. Though the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to King for a variety of his contributions to human rights, more specifically, he was being honored as a leader of the Civil Rights Movement. In case you need a refresher, the Civil Rights Movement was a struggle for equal rights under the law that Black Americans underwent in the 1950s and 1960s. As you no doubt remember, slavery was abolished after the Civil War. But Black Americans still faced discrimination, both socially and legally. King worked towards desegregation in the Albany movement in 1961, where he helped bring national attention to the localized campaign. In these years, he was arrested more than once for civil disobedience—actually, 29 times, to be precise—including a stint in jail, where he wrote his famous letter from a Birmingham jail. Back to the prize, MLK was the youngest man and second black man to receive the Nobel. He was only 35 years old. Talk about accomplishments. When King got the news that he had won the Nobel Peace Prize, he was sleeping at a hotel in Atlanta. His wife, Coretta Scott King, called to tell him that the committee had notified her at their home. Next time I stay at a hotel, I'll hope for a similar wake-up call. Each year, the Nobel Peace Prize winner is selected by a committee created by the Norwegian Parliament, and the nominations are supplied by past winners and other noteworthy individuals. King's nomination came from the American Friends Service Committee. Other than the source of his initial nomination, the process of selection is super secret and kept under lock and key within the Nobel Committee archive. Maybe one day they'll release them, and I can do a Nobel Prize secrets podcast. He was awarded $54,000 as a part of the honor, which he split among the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the Gandhi Society for Human Rights, the Congress of Racial Equality, and five other organizations. One year before he was awarded the prize, King led the historic March on Washington. He concluded that public demonstration with the I Have a Dream speech that we all know and love. But it's not as common knowledge that the speech wasn't originally prepared just for the event. It was a compilation of earlier speeches and contributions from King's friends and colleagues. But he did write the final version, which he never done in its entirety, the night before the march on Washington at his hotel. We've all been known to procrastinate. In his later acceptance speech for the Nobel Prize, Dr. King didn't take a moment to rest and bask in his award. Instead, he used the moment to draw attention to serious racist injustices still taking place, like a string of murders at voting rights rallies and the burning and bombing of sanctuary churches in Mississippi. King received the prize just four years before he was shot by a white supremacist at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. The motel was owned by Black businessman Walter Bailey. He called it the Lorraine in part after his wife Lori, and in part after the song Sweet Lorraine. It appeared in the Green Book that showed which businesses offered support to black men and women during segregation. Louis Armstrong, Aretha Franklin, and Otis Redding were all guests. Today, it's become a civil rights museum. King knew he was a target. After JFK was shot in 1963, King said to his wife, this is what is going to happen to me also. I keep telling you, this is a sick society. He was in Memphis to support a crew of striking sanitation workers. There, he participated in two marches with the workers and delivered his famous I've been to the mountaintop speech. In that speech, he made several references to previous attempts against his life, which in retrospect seemed tragically prophetic. Though today King is viewed nearly universally as an American hero, he wasn't beloved in his lifetime by the American government to say the least. The head of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, smeared King as a supposed communist and sent him a letter that's been interpreted as encouraging Dr. King to commit suicide. This has led some people to believe that King's murder was a part of a larger conspiracy. His family maintains the theory to this day, but that's a story for another type of podcast. In the era of Black Lives Matter, it's more important than ever to look back on the heroes who fought tirelessly against racism in the mid-20th century. Many of King's words from his Nobel acceptance speech still resonate today, and I'll close with a quote. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. I believe that even amid today's mortar bursts and whining bullets, there is still hope for a brighter tomorrow. And on to our music fact for today. When you think of your favorite mafia man, Frank Sinatra probably isn't who comes to mind. But today, in 1969, New Jersey issued a warrant due to mafia connections. He had to show up in court to answer questions about his supposed mafia ties. Earlier, He'd been forced to give up part ownership of two casinos in New Jersey. And now for our final segment of the day, I am going to be going into my photo archive to see what I was up to on October 14th in my life. This is very boring, but basically in October 14th of 2015... I took the PSAT, which is the practice standardized test for college admissions in high school. Um, I did really bad. I think I got like, I, I believe I got like an 1100. For me, that was not great. I have test anxiety and so I was very nervous about it. But I have a bunch of screenshots here of memes that were based off of the tests that we were taking. And I don't know, I feel like that just like is good memories in my mind, because even though I didn't do great in my book, I was still able to connect with a larger group of people in a community based off of memes, which feels like very common in our world. And that's all for today's episode. You can come back tomorrow when we have another day of civil rights history coming for you. And please subscribe on your favorite podcasting devices. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. It's 365 with MXM 2 new facts every day so don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365.